Hello, everybody. It is Tim. It is the honor roll. Episode 11, I think. I'm ne- I should always check. I never check before I sit down to record. I just like to go with it. It's like, it's like jazz. <laughs> is that what it is? Uh, I'm sitting here. Sorry, I'm distracted, too. I went to Michael's last night. The craft store, like the arts and craft store. Michael's, you know Michael's. They got some good Halloween stuff out. Wife and I bought some cool, we bought a cool welcome sign with a skeleton on it. Very cool. Uh, but I also bought this bust of old Eddie Poe, Edgar Allan Poe. And he's staring at me right now. And it's just, it's a bust, but it's mostly his head. <laughs> My wife hates it. She cannot stand this thing. She creeps her out. I've got it over in the corner of my office because she's so terrified. Uh, we're going to be talking about Jamie Foxx uh, a little later. And I uh, shout out to Dave Steele. But I uh, have a Jamie Foxx head. They came out with that um, Amazing Spider-Man 2 was the movie where he played Electro. And they came out with a DVD set of... Jamie, it was just, it was the DVDs in Jamie Foxx's Electro Head. It's a big blue glowing head. And I used to have it sitting in the window of my old house when I lived with my brother. And it would just, and it would light up. We would light it up to freak people out as they walked by in the night. Because there was just uh, Jamie Foxx's severed head (laughs) sitting in her living room. So now I have Edgar Allan Poe as well. Uh, You can get this at Michael's too if you want. Uh, 40% off. I got this bad boy for it. So a real steal of a deal is what I got here. This is the honor roll, though. And this is where I watch five movies. I have watched five movies. And I sit down. I talk about them for a bit. Um, I talk about, uh, if I like them, I put them on what I call the honor roll, which is essentially just a list of movies that I like that I will pull my top ten from. At the end of the year. It's just a way for me to keep up with new horror movies. It's been a little tough lately, as you, I'm sure you can tell, but whatever. I don't, you don't need to talk about that. If you want to have early access to these, as well as everything else we do on the Midwest Pod Net, Podcast Network, check out our Patreon, patreon.com backslash Midwest Pod Net. You can sign up for a dollar a month and get access to everything we do here early. If you don't want to do that, these come out a week later usually. And yeah, should we, um, I got my Tim Hortons here right in front of my Edgar Allan Poe head. (laughs) Uh, Tim and Edgar, what a pair. Let's talk about Day Shift first. We are going to, we're going to dive right into this. Day Shift, starring Jamie Foxx, it's on Netflix now. Jamie Foxx, what a career. I remember him because I am very old. I remember him off of the time I uh, from In Living Color. That's where I first fell in love with one Mr. Fox. I think Wanda was probably his big character. If you don't know Wanda, it was Jamie Foxx in drag, essentially. And he was playing kind of like if you maybe, you know, Shanene from Martin. These were very similar comedians dressing up like women and kind of playing a very similar character in the early 90s. It's a different time, folks, uh, but it's very similar. Carl the Tooth, though. What's always my favorite Jamie Foxx recurring in Living Color 
character. He was a he was kind of a punch drunk doctor or boxer, not doctor, a punch drunk boxer. I think like Mike Tyson. Um, and he would he would he had, he had kind of a Mike Tyson. I think he had a kind of a Mike. No, maybe he played Mike Tyson as well. But basically, Carl the Tooth was a big lovable <laughs> concussed doctor. Would this hold up today? Probably not. And I keep calling him a doctor. He's a boxer. It's still early. Um, I don't think a lot of In Living Color would hold up well today. But from there, he went on to star in movies. And not like big movies at the time, but stuff like The Great White Hype, which was a cable staple when I was growing up. Booty Call, The Players Club, Any Given Sunday. He had the Jamie Foxx show, which was on TV around that time. I think the WB. I was always jealous of those because where I lived, we did not get the WB. And that made me miss out. On things like the Jamie Foxx show, and I believe the Wayans Brothers were on there as well. I was a big fan, but um, he had a pretty successful music career, like going out of like the mid aughts too. He's released five albums. His first album release, I didn't know this until I was doing my research here, because I'm a professional, um, was in 1994. I should go back in. Sometimes I like to listen to entire discographies of. Artists, musical artists, and uh, maybe I should throw Jamie Foxx next on the docket. Because the only song I'm familiar with him that is solo, I'm of, co- of course familiar with Gold Digger and the Twista song. Um, but the one I'm familiar with is uh, of his solo career is Blame It on the Alcohol. Um, that one. Uh, that was his big hit, if I remember correctly. But yeah, a fascinating career because he's done some trash, too. <laughs> Um, he's a real renaissance man. I love Jamie Foxx's career, but cause, cause like he would jump back and forth. Like he won an Academy Award for Ray in like 2005. Um, and that was around the time he was getting critical acclaim for his roles in like Ali and Quran, collateral. And then he would go make stealth <laughs> and stealth is one of the all time great, stupid movies. Like it's one of the dumbest Rob Cohen, go get him. My man, um, he's ton of ton of action movies the last few years. He still makes time to do. He does. Uh, he hosts the show Beat Shazam with his daughter. I watch Beat, Beat Shazam a lot. I think I would be really good if I were to ever make it on Beat Shazam, especially with uh, my boy Joe. Um, but yeah, he hosts. Be- That's like a big thing for some of these stars. Like Elizabeth Banks hosts the uh, Big Bucks No Whammies show now too. Um, but yeah, just great stuff all around. But he's an executive producer on Day Shift. And bless him for it. This is exactly, this movie is exactly what I want from direct to streaming movies. Specifically Netflix movies, to be quite honest. No, I don't think this movie belongs in theaters. And that is perfectly okay. This belongs, this is an old school, I'm walking around the video store and I see... Jamie Foxx and Snoop Dogg have made a vampire hunting movie. I'm going to take a chance on that. And guess what? This is the perfect. I've been at work all day and I just want to turn my brain off and have a beer and or a Pepsi, maybe if that's your thing, or maybe a diet Pepsi or maybe just a water or maybe smoke weed. Um, There's nothing wrong with any of that. This is directed by J.J. Perry, who has done stunt work for the Mortal Kombat, the first Mortal Kombat movie. He was he did stunt work for The Rundown, The Rock, still the best movie starring The Rock, I believe. That's not Fast Five. Uh, the best rock vehicle is The Rundown. And then uh, he did some stuff for Walker, Texas Ranger, Buffy. He also played multiple roles in multi- multiple roles in Mortal Kombat Annihilation, but we will not hold that 
against him because he was also on the 1990 Olympic Taekwondo team. The guy rocks is what I'm saying. And he knows what he's doing because the action is really cool. What else is really cool is it builds a big, fun world as well. I think Blade is probably the obvious comparison, or maybe even something like Buffy, too. But it's also a little bit in black with how it builds its world out. Um, there's some great gore in here. There's one terrific action sequence in the middle with Scott Atkins. And it's really one of the best, better actions I've seen all year, including big-budget stuff. It's really, uh, really, really fun. The performances know exactly the type of movie that they are in. Uh, Snoop Dogg and Jamie Foxx. Snoop Dogg knows what he's doing here. It's good to see Snoop back. Haven't seen him in a while in the genre. I believe since uh, maybe Hood of Horror. I love Bones. I would love to see more Bones. Uh, Actually, at this point, we're too far gone. But uh, go watch Bones if you haven't. But Snoop, Peter Stormare is in this. All of these people are taking it as seriously as they should. Dave Franco. Um, Yeah, on the negative side of things, some of the humor fell a little flat for me. This is that's all subjective, though. Um, it might work better for you. Am I tired of baby Dave Franco of Dave Franco? Some of his stuff did it like he, I don't know. It just there were parts where I went, OK, it's turning into a Dave Franco movie. And I went, uh, these this I'm not as into these parts as I as I was into like the world building and the killing vampires. That was that was what I was there for. There's also a lot of world building. A ton, maybe a little bit too much. Also, I have to say, this is a movie that, and I always have to point this out when you do it, it falls back on the uh, cliche, it says, it uses the phrase, what is the definition of insanity? And then they tell you the definition of insanity, which I'm not sure is the correct definition. I think I've looked it up before. It's not word for word correct. Anyway, stop, just please, for the love of God. (laughs) I'm begging, screenwriter, stop it. Stop with the line, what is the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different... Oh my... I'm begging, I'm pleading, I'm on my knees, I'm not really. I would watch a sequel with this world, in this world. Ton of fun. I am putting Day Shift on the honor roll. Ladies and gentlemen, the orphan has returned Esther herself the actress is back by the way <laughs> i think i'm sure you all already know this came out a month ago uh they just made her look like a little girl again it's fantastic do this again bring back the good son can you i can't remember the end of that movie maybe you can't bring ah bring him back anyway who cares uh bring back the good son get macaulay back on board <laughs> and just make him play the same character uh, it's good to see Julia Stiles again, by the way. Love Julia Stiles. She's back. I'm not going to spoil this movie. I'll just say this. William Brent Bell does it again. The man, the myth, the legend, the guy who started his dir- career directing Stay Alive and The Devil Inside, the movie which ended by directing you to the website to learn more about the plot of the movie. <laughs> One of the dumbest endings of all time, but he rebounded. He rebounded in a special way with the boy and even the boy too, which is not as good as the boy. But listen, if you're going to give me more Brahms, I'm not going to stop you. But now he has done it again. He's taken over the reins from Jamie, Jamie Collette, Sarah, I believe. Is uh, how you, it's not even close. I'm sure. 
how you pronounce it. This is a, a pretty damn clever movie. Once again, go into this movie knowing as little as possible. You hear that a lot these days, and I'm sure you've read that a lot about this film. And boy, is that a sign of the times. What does that mean? What do, why do people say that? Why do they say, like, don't read anything? It's because we're bombarded with so much information. Like, we have uh, the world at our fingertips. I can pull up the trailer for, or I can, I could check the news and be a well-informed, productive member of society, or I could uh, pull up the trailer for Orphan First Kill whenever I want. I can go online and I can read over 100 reviews of this movie that spoil it to various degrees. Um, I'm a big roller coaster guy, and there's nothing better for me than riding a ride for the first time that I've never gone on before. I'm going to Disneyland soon. Um, and I've never been on the, I've never been there and I'm going on the Indiana Jones ride and I can go on right now. I can hop on YouTube and I can watch a bunch of POV rides, a bunch of ride along rides where someone's got their GoPro or their camera, whatever. And and they're riding it and they will show me the entire ride. I don't want to do that. I want to be surprised when the spider or the snake or Belloc jumps out at me. I don't know. I don't know who's going to be in this Indiana Jones ride. Will Indy be in there? Who knows? I don't want to do that. I want to go in as fresh as possible. It's funny. You go back and you watch. Go back and watch a lot of old trailers. And I'm going to use the original Ghostbusters movie as an example here. Go watch that original Ghostbusters trailer because it is crazy how much of the movie is spoiled by that trailer. Like the entire plot of Ghostbusters is in that two and a half minute, three minute trailer. They ruin jokes. Um, the difference is people would go watch that. They would go watch the movie that they were going to see. They'd see that trailer one time and then it would just be out of their lives until the commercials kicked up again for it or like the radio spots. Oh, love a good radio spot. But they would forget about it. It's not like that anymore. One of the great things about getting old though, and there really aren't many, honestly, don't get old. If you aren't, <laughs> um, I don't really have the time to sit. I used to obsess over trailers. I used to, ah, uh, the Spider-Man two trailer way back in the day. I taped it off of, I believe it aired on American Idol. I taped it on VHS, a videotape. And I watched that thing to the point where it was worn out. I watched it so many times that I knew all the beats to it. I can still, when you play that trailer, it just comes back to me in my memory. It just all floods back to me. Um, it's not like that anymore. And I'm not like that anymore. And I used to obsess over them. I used to go through them frame by frame. I don't re- read reviews much anymore either. So I go into these movies mostly fresh anyway. And I will say this. Listen to people when they tell you, go in not knowing anything. Because it really does add to the experience. Um, there are certain movies I will spoil, though. <laughs> I want to know what's going on. Anyway, like I said, I I won't go into the plot deals. I liked this movie a lot. It's a ton of fun. There's some fun class warfare stuff in the movie as well. So there is a little bit to dig your teeth into, if you want. Um, but mostly, it's it's a great movie to go along for the ride during. I watch this on Paramount+. Plus. It's on there now. I think you may even be able to rent it. I th- I don't know if it was just my TV or my app. I thought this looked like crap on streaming, though. And so that's why I'm normally a guy who doesn't care about the whole um, you got to see it in theaters debate anymore because I don't care, especially something like Orphan First Kill because 
I mean, I was going to watch it on, I'm not going to go into the theaters, but I may have wanted to see this one in theaters because it looked like shit on, on streaming. It honestly did, especially the first 30 minutes of this movie. Uh, so I don't know if anybody else had that issue. It may have just been when I watch on the app, but uh, yeah, maybe go, uh, maybe go rent this on Blu-ray instead. Anyway, uh, on the honor roll, this one's on the honor roll. Next up, The Reef Stalked. This is a sequel to the movie that came out like a decade ago. This is a this is a legacy sequel. That's no, not a legacy sequel. I don't think. I we didn't get a lot of information on the shark in this, but it's um, a spiritual sequel, if you will, to the Reef, the shark movie. I like shark movies. It's been a quiet year for shark movies. Not a quiet year for sharks, though. So, how many shark attacks have there been? So far in 2022, I did some research and as of a couple days ago, 67 shark attack bites in 2022, seven fatal shark attacks, 10 provoked. These are the ones that have been publicly reported and verified in the United States where I am currently located. um, There have been 38 shark attacks in 2022, 21 in Florida checks out two in Hawaii two in California six in New York and five in South Carolina two provoked and zero fatal up uh, all right a provoked shark attack what is this what is this um, what do they mean by this are you going in what are you how are you uh, okay here we go a provoked shark attack may be defined as any physical contact with a human by a shark that was apparently precipitated by the former cornering, pursuing, striking, grabbing, spearing, hooking, shooting, or otherwise molesting the latter. Do not, I repeat, do not molest sharks. Uh, there have been, so this, uh, I believe this uh, bad boy, this movie takes place in uh, Australia. So there have been 11 shark attacks in Australia, zero provo- provoked because they know what they're doing in Australia. Because have you seen the animals over there? They know not to mess with any of them because Australia is a hellscape when it comes to horrifying creatures. And there has been one fatal. So rest in peace to all of those. Um, this is directed by Andrew Truecki, who directed the first movie, which I prefer to this one. It's been a while since I've seen that one. I did not go back and rewatch the first three. This is on Shutter now. It's fine. Um, better than... I think there. I've only watched one other shark movie. And that was The Requiem with Alicia Silverstone. And that was bad. This is not bad. It's mostly fine. I Sharks aren't in it as much as I would have liked. The characters... The, I respect it for trying to tell a character-driven shark movie. But I am here for the sharks. And... There wasn't enough for me. Maybe I just want sharks all the time. Maybe this is a me problem. I also did not connect with the characters as much as I would have liked to. I, this reminds me of something like The Descent a little bit. Is I think what it may be going for. It's fine. It is The Reef Stock, though, is not on the honor roll. Alright, let's move on to another quick one. This is Uma. Or Uma? Uma? I don't know. Uh, Uma. This stars Sandra Oh. This is on Netflix now. This stars Sandra Oh of Arliss fame. And of course, 
Griezmann. I remember her from our list, though. Once again, this is, this is the episode that outs me as, like, the old, uh, an old man. Very old. Uh, I got a nice nap in during this movie. Not really a um, mark against the movie, if you will. Uh, I'm not saying anything one way or the other about this movie, but I got a strong nap in it. I'm not a big nap guy, but I was fading. What is your, this is a question I pose to the listening audience, what is your nap strategy during movies? Like, how do you, so if you're fading, do you just let it go? Like, if you're watching a movie or a TV show or something on TV, a sporting event is probably a bad example, but if you're watching a movie, say, like I was, here's what I did. I felt myself fading, and I had already, I had, I was gone during about I was in the middle of this movie and I was pretty much out for about five minutes in the middle of this movie and I woke up I went oh boy like this is going to turn into like a 30 minute to an hour long thing which it did right in right around 45 was what this nap was and I reached for the remote and I shut it down and I said okay I want to watch the rest of this movie I got to see how it ends like it's not the best but I am interested enough yeah, I like to see how movies end. You know, so soon me. I don't like to go on uh, Wikipedia. I don't like to be directed like the devil inside to a website. I want to watch it play out. I've even used the 1.5 speed on Netflix. I, will, I admit it. Um, to, just, just to see a movie that is I do not like or a TV show that I'm bored of, I think sucks. I'm like, I still got to watch how it plays out. I'll see how it ends. Um, so I'll throw on the 1.5 so I'll get to the ending. Anyway, so I shut it down and I woke back up. And I backed up to the last point I remembered. I restarted the movie. If you can do that, I think that is the way to go with a nap. But I ask you, if you're not enjoying a movie, do you just like when you nap, do you just go, OK, I'll get to it later? Probably if you've got stuff to do. Or do you go, oh, OK, I'm just going to restart it from the last moment I remember. Or do you just forget about it altogether? Um, or like, do you reach for the remote? When you are fading to shut it down or do you just let it go and let it nap in the background? It's not as risky to do that these days when it comes in the streaming era because it'll just go on to another movie. You'll get background noise while you nap. It was risky back in the DVD days, especially because what would happen is it would kick you back to that main menu and it would start the loop of the DVD menu and you'd have just the same annoying noises over and over. I fell asleep to... I was very hungover, and we fell asleep to When We Were Soldiers, the Mel Gibson uh, war movie, and it just looped back, and I have, I will forever have, on my deathbed as I'm dying, (laughs) the DVD menu for When We Were Soldiers will kick into my freaking head, and I will hear it. It'll be the last thing I hear on this earthly plane. Um, Anyway, the movie, it was a good, it was good for a nap. Not on the honor roll. And finally, the watch. Things just ain't the same for gangsters. Everywhere that I go. Mm-hmm. This is not based on the Dr. Dre song, The Watcher. This is just Watcher. Chloe Okuno. She directed the. This is uh, she directed the movie. I. She may have written it as well. I don't have that on in front of me right now. She also did the Storm Dream segment, the Ratma, Hail Ratma segment in VHS 94 
And this is, I believe, her debut feature. Uh, she did a movie called Slut, but I, I think that is. I don't think that's a feature-length movie. But she's a young director. And if I kept a list of young direct, young horror, young genre directors to watch out for, uh, first of all, I'd be weird. Uh, don't, don't keep lists like that. Unless you're writing. Unless you're like a writer. But if you're just like me and a guy who really likes horror movies, maybe don't keep lists of people. Surveilling them, um, but she is a a director to look out for because that segment was fantastic and introduced a character in Ratma that uh, has caught on with the horror community as well. It should. This movie is very good. This watcher, very a uh, stranger in a strange land, the land of Romania, and. Hitchcockian is the word thrown around just once, just once. So obviously they're saying, um, what is Hitchcockian? Like Alfred Hitchcock is influenced by Alfred Hitchcock. We'll get into that in a second. But just once, I want someone to say, like a director to come out and say, I was, this is Uveian or Bolian. I, I was influenced by Uwe Boll when I made this movie. Or whoever like directed like Van Wilder, The Rise of Taj. I want people to go. That's who. That's who my influence is. Um, Mika Monroe. She is not the watcher. Bern Gorman is in this. Hell yes. Let's talk about Hitchcockian though. And I, this was this thrown around a lot. I think they just mean suspenseful. But okay. Elements considered Hitchcockian. This is pulled directly from Wikipedia. Let's see what these got. Uh, climactic plot twist. I mean, sure. I would say that's. That happens in a lot of movies. I don't know if I would just... But I get what they're saying there. The cool platinum blonde, yes. And the lead actress. Uh, the presence of a domineering mother in someone's life. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, slight spoilers, I guess, for Watcher. Yeah, no, I don't think that's in here. I don't know. Uh, we don't get it. Do we get it in that? Oh, maybe we do... Yeah, I don't know. An innocent man accused, Yeah. Uh, restricting the action to a single setting to increase tension. Yes, I will say this is uh, this has some rear window elements. The Watcher does. Characters who switch sides and who cannot be trusted. Yep. Tension building through suspense to the point where the audience enjoys seeing the character in a life-threatening situation. I Once again, this is something I would say is um, common in a lot of thrillers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I understand. Where we're, what we're doing here. Um, average people thrust into a strange or dangerous situations. Yes. Bumbling or incompetent authority figures, particularly police officers. Check the box. Yep. Use of darkness to symbolize impending doom. Sure. Uh, strong visual use of famous landmarks. Yeah, I don't, I'm not familiar with the landmarks of Romania. That's on me, but you do see some here. It is, you do see certain buildings i'm sure that like the good romanian people will go i know that place uh mistaken identity yeah the use of a staircase as a motif for impending danger or suspense yeah there are stairs in this movie use of MacGuffin plot device sure referring to a crime or mystery rather than presenting it explicitly yeah so there you go this checks most of the hitchcockian podcast well directed um it does a very good job of overwhelming the viewer with paranoia she is yeah uh she's a great director i think it um 
I think the ending fell a little bit flat for me. I'll say that. Uh, they set up something early and they call back to it that I kind of rolled my eyes at, but whatever. She, there's a clever use of the camera. Uh, she does a lot of shooting things from the distance, through windows, on the other side of walls, down long hallways. You're, you're always, you always feel like the viewer is the watcher. Uh, very great, great stuff here. I really liked this movie, and Watcher is on the honor roll. It is on Shudder right now, so check it out. A really good sub-90-minute Hitchcockian thriller. That's it for this week. I will be back when I watch five movies. Thank you, seriously, everybody, for listening to me ramble on and on about shark attacks the career of Jamie Foxx, whatever. And just thanks for listening in general. We really do appreciate it. And we love all you guys. Um, check us out. You can check us out on YouTube. If that's your thing, um, you can check us out. Uh, we're trying to, I'm trying to get up into, uh, triple digits there. We just put the start of the YouTube page. So help us out subscribe on YouTube so I can get that, get the subscribers up to triple digits there. Um, and then, yeah, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, patreon.com backslash Midwest Podnet. I'll be back at some point. Um, Willie and I are planning on getting together for some stuff <laughs> like the podcast. Yes, we will be podcasting. Um, check out the Game Nerds. I'm just rambling now, uh, so I'm going to get out of here. Thank you, seriously, everybody, for listening. <laughs>